Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We've got the top 20 mat of your preseason power rankings for the NFL. I'll run through uh, the first 21 yeah. through 32 that we covered yesterday before we get into the top 20. The New England Patriots went from 21 to an unknown number here in the top 20. I'm interested to see how high you think they jumped with the addition of Cam Newton. I just saw from Adam Schefter that the Patriots were the only team to offer Cam Newton a contract, which is somewhat surprising. A former NFL MVP quarterback that was a free agent that's only 31 years old going into his age 31 season that couldn't get a job. That's... That's one thing that I think is when people look back and be like, <laughs> and it was almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, sort of league-wide and fans of the NFL and maybe even you and I, we were like, okay, well, why hasn't Cam signed? Maybe the Chargers, maybe the Patriots, maybe a couple other teams would seem like a fit. Patriots signed Cam, and then it's a big, oh, crap. They just allowed the Patriots to do that, didn't they? And it all becomes very clear. All of a sudden, <laughs> uh, a lot more Cam Newton fans out there in the world. Yeah, I mean, that is the... It's amazing, and that team does hold a lot of weight, and it's deserved. I mean, their their success and what Belichick brings to the table is really unmatched in the league, obviously. And if we take that at face value, and Adam knows his stuff, I mean, let's say that that was the only contract that was offered to Cam. I think that's a little bit of malpractice by some GMs out there. I mean, I really look at the Bears and the Chargers and say, you didn't have a use for that guy. I mean, I understand that Foles was more, you know, they were they were more comfortable with him. They knew who he was, and the Chargers were happy with Tyrod and wanted to draft somebody. But still, I mean, what if the Chargers would have signed Cam Newton and drafted Mackay Becton or Isaiah Simmons? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just think that was not the best way to proceed. And I think the Bears settled for – you know, a, a a very mediocre player as opposed to swinging for the fences a little bit more. And in the end, I think the, the you know, you kind of roll your eyes like, oh, Patriots did it again, like you said. And I feel that way mostly. And we've also talked about, I mean, he's not for everyone. The situation in the country and COVID and all that stuff did not help his cause either in terms of getting in buildings and you have to design your offense around them. So again, he's not for everyone, but I can't believe I'm actually just sitting here fiddling for the heck of it. I was, I was, you know, doing a quarterback ranks that maybe we'll do get to next week. I think he's probably in that 12 neighborhood right now. And that kind of gives him the benefit Oof. of the doubt of, you know, assuming some health there, but he's still a really good player. The last I saw him, the last he was healthy and playing early 2018. Yeah. That was, I mean, it, it wasn't maybe 2015 Cam Newton, but that's a quarterback that, you're spending $30 million a year on if you're getting that 2018 right. version of Cam Newton. I think that's what they got, but maybe that's just optimistic. But, I mean, it seems like he's over these injuries. He's not an old man, contrary to popular belief. He's not entirely reliant on running, and I think he'll have a fewer rushing attempts per game this year, but they'll still be very valuable ones and efficient ones. I think he's a real good player. Former and famous Offensive line coach, one of the best ever in the NFL, Dante Scarnecchia from the Patriots, said 
that one of the things that's going to be the most difficult for Cam Newton is just the verbiage of the offense going from North Turner's numbers system, which is usually pretty easy for quarterbacks, to a more uh, you know word-based system like the Earhart Perkins offense that is run in in New England. It's not so much the concepts or how he will be utilized. It'll be just more about learning that verbiage quickly because we're we're late summer now. As far as the NFL calendar goes, he has a month to get ready in training camp and start spitting out those plays and get ready to play and start and start a game in two months. Yeah, that's a good point. And it, folks, it's almost like learning French. You know, if you don't, if unless you speak French, I, I mean, it's like learning a new language. And yeah, you understand the concepts. If the safeties do this, I should look here. And a lot of the coaching concepts are the same. But you still have to speak it. You have to, uh, you know, know it like the back of your hand. You have to communicate it to your teammates, and that is going to be a challenge this late in the process. I mean, we're less than a month away, basically. We're basically a month away from camps opening up, so that's going to be a challenge for them. So uh, that's a good point. There's no doubt about it. Little side note. I mean, I have a feeling you've heard some saws in the background. This is uh, day two of some Amish fellas <laughs> putting a roof on here at Casa Williamson. So uh, if you hear some things in the background, not much I can do about it. I hold him right next to all the shingles on the ground and nails everywhere and saws going. So such is life. Get over it. Yeah, okay. Well, hopefully you're wearing your, your hard hat. I don't want anything to happen to you if something falls <laughs> through the roof on you. Right. Yeah, the, the kids couldn't sleep till noon today because the roof was loud. <laughs> Uh, one other note here really quick with the cam to Patriots stuff. One thing that will not be happening is Odell Beckham will not be joining Cam Newton in new England. And when I saw this headline, it was like, well, is this an actual report? No, not really just speculation because Beckham (laughs) and Newton are friends and they work out together. And the obvious thing is like, okay, well, who else is going to go with, uh, with, (laughs) with Newton in new England, Odell Beckham. And people are shouting at him on Twitter, and Odell said, laugh out loud, no sir, boss, but y'all got my brother wishing nothing but the best and love. And he said, you can find me in the land, homie. We got unfinished business. That was, uh, he was replying to Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Alex Wood, who sounds like he might be a Patriots fan, who was asking if Odell was going to head to New England. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. And that, that is not an actual report. So I just don't want to see that. That's why I wanted to mention it. Don't talk about Odell to New England. Not happening. Yeah, and I've seen a couple tweets about it and a little bit of buzz. I guess they're real tight. New England and Odell have been linked together a few times over the years, and you know, I, I can totally understand that. If I were Belichick, I'd love to get that guy. I think he's potentially an all-time great receiver, and it's exactly what they need there. And, I mean, when I heard that, I'm like, well, the Browns only have two receivers. Like, they can't get rid of anybody. And according to Odell's current coach, Kevin Stefanski, he said that Beckham is back to 100%, ready to go for training camp. So a healthy Odell Beckham, like you said, one of the best in the league. And uh, that could be a big year with Baker Mayfield taking more strides as a quarterback, a new offensive-minded head coach there, and Odell Beckham. Uh, that, that could be a combination that could make some waves in Cleveland this year. And I think they're they're actually kind of being slept on at this point. Yeah, I don't think he was healthy for much of last year either. And if you go back and look at Odell's numbers last year, they still weren't bad. Like when you look back at his career numbers, we're like, Oh, it was a little bit of a down year in 2019, but not too shabby by normal receiver numbers. He's a stud. All right, let's get into this top 20 of Matt Williamson's preseason 2020 NFL power rankings next. We've been talking a lot about our friends at rockauto.com. 
It's gotten me so excited and thinking back about my old car, the 72 Ford Ranchero with the hood scoop, looking like a hot rod in the front, but you know, practical pickup truck in the back reminded me of a great story that I heard from one of our colleagues, the host of Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson. He went to rockauto.com and bought a tailgate for his truck. His tailgate was stolen. Who steals a tailgate? First of all, his tailgate was stolen off of his vehicle. He went to rockauto.com, found the part, bought himself a tailgate. You can find anything at rockauto.com. An amazing selection, reliably low prices. Prices are no different if you are a mechanic or if you are a do-it-yourselfer. Engine parts, brake parts, jumper cables, whatever you need, go to rockauto.com. Family owned for 20 years, helping you buy parts online. Let them know we sent you in the Who Sent You box. Put Locked On in there so they know we sent you to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. All right, Matt, let's let's remind the listeners 21 through 32 before we get into the top 20 here. And we'll okay. count them up from the bottom. Jacksonville Jaguars, 32. Carolina Panthers, 31. Miami Dolphins, 30. Washington Redskins, 29. New York Giants, 28. Cincinnati, 27. New York Jets, 26. Las Vegas Raiders, 25. Chicago Bears, 24. Detroit Lions, 23. Arizona Cardinals, 22. Atlanta Falcons, 21 in Matt Williamson's power rankings. So let's get into this top 20. Who is your 20th best team heading into the 2020 season? A quick question for you, though, because 21 is where we left off on purpose because a, you know a little over 24 hours ago, that's where I had New England. I mean, which was hard for me to not have the New England Patriots in the top 20. And I'm sure if you looked at power ranks around the internet, that would have been lower than most. I mean, I obviously moved them out of that spot and dramatically, by the way. Do you think that was too low to have New England right in this neighborhood without Cam? It's hard to say because they went from maybe the best all-time quarterback ever to the worst quarterback situation in the league before they signed Cam. And we'll see what kind of difference, what kind of health cam is in here and a lot of speculation right now is that you know healthy cam is a great cam and that is a massive boost i mean if you get 20 like we said in the first segment if you get 2018 cam anywhere near you don't even have to get 2015 cam that is such a massive upgrade to the most important position in the nfl it can't be understated how important that is so moving a team up say 10 spots and we'll get to wherever they are i don't know how far they've moved up from 21 for you i think Maybe a little low just because Bill Belichick coaches that team and they do have a good defense that 21 might have been a little bit low. But when you have the worst quarterback situation in the league, it's hard to argue that that team's going to be in the top half of the league. And they fixed their biggest problem by signing Cam Newton. So I'm interested to see how high you have New England now. Yeah, and a couple notes on it just while it's fresh on my mind because I sent my power ranks to my co-host for my Steelers show and he's like, oh, you moved them up too much. I'm like, dude, it's a lot like the Steelers to me. It's like going, Duck is out of the equation. Duck's not an NFL quarterback. But to me, it's like going from Rudolph to Ben, just in terms of like getting in and out of the huddle. No, this cornerback blitz is coming. You know, professional quarterback play is going to go just a long way as opposed to breaking in the new guy. And a big reason I jumped them too is I think this roster is pretty bad, to be honest with you, in New England. But – they, you, as you mentioned, the defense is going to be great. Belichick and special teams are going to be great. Belichick's going to game manage the heck out of teams and game plan things up. But I think if you're going to play in a lot of tight games, I think Stidham to Newton is 
massive in the win column then. You know, I mean, I, you need a professional quarterback to win those close games, which just so happens brings me to number 20 on my list, ah. and that's the Houston Texans. And that was total coincidence because I, you, you know that I have my spreadsheet and how dorky I am with it. There are two teams, and I think this might be a trend with them, that if you reverse their one-score games, if you reverse Houston's one-score games, they would have been 5-11 and 11 last year. And much like Seattle, if you reverse their one-score game, Seattle would have been 4-12. and 12. And usually football outsiders, team, people like that will say, well, that's going to go back to the mean. But I think we used the Deshaun Watson-Russell Wilson comparison the other day that he is potentially just a special player that's going to overcome obstacle after obstacle because I don't think that roster is very good. This is interesting because Bill O'Brien, the coach, is much better than Bill O'Brien, the GM, and people are sort of confusing those two factors. So now that the GMing has been done for the season, now you get to go out and coach your team, and you have one of the best quarterbacks, one of the best young quarterbacks for sure, in the NFL in Deshaun Watson, and so where can he take that team? And for a team that I think most people expect to be in the playoff hunt, 20 feels somewhat low, but then when you look at that roster, not a lot jumps out to you aside from Deshaun Watson. There's some there's some nice players on that roster in in some spots. You know they they paid a lot and in both uh, picks and money to get their left tackle in Laramie Tunsil there. But uh, it's not a great roster. But I, I think that I think that is a really good comparison with what's going on in Houston to what's been going on in Seattle. Um, this isn't that 2012 Seattle roster though. This is much more like what the current. Seattle roster has been the last few years for yeah, the right. Texans. Is that enough for Bill O'Brien with Deshaun Watson to win? 20 still feels a little bit low for a team with playoff aspirations, though. Yeah, and they easily could get in. I mean, even before Watson, I know O'Brien is get, get a lot of arrows get slung his way. Guy always wins eight, nine, ten games with Matt Schaub, Fitzpatrick. You know, I mean, they, they mm -hmm. always win the division, it seems like, um, despite overcoming some things. And I mentioned I was fiddling with quarterback ranks, and these aren't my official ones or anything like that. I think Watson's number four on my list. I mean, I think Mahomes, Wilson, and Lamar are the only ones I'd put ahead of them right now. You know, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the Bradys and Breeze and Rodgers of the world are ain't what they used to be. I've seen some off-season redraft the league threads, different articles and yeah, different things yeah. on Twitter, and that's the top four. If you're ranking players that you would be drafting going forward, the put the entire league, you know, uh, Madden, video yeah. game, football type of draft, put everybody in the league that. in a pool. I think the four names you just mentioned, that would be the first four picks in the draft, and Deshaun Watson would be one of them, and he'd come in at probably uh, three or four, and there'd be an argument that he's two. Yeah, that's a really good conversation. I haven't thought of it from that perspective, but yeah, I mean, I think he would be four at worst. You know, I mean, maybe some people have mixed feelings. Do you want to start your team around Lamar because he's such a different player? Wilson's a little old. Mahomes would obviously be the first pick in that draft. But I think Watson's the fourth best quarterback in the league, and at worst, the fourth quarter, first guy, fourth guy drafted in that conversation. We got to keep this moving. A team with yep, some yep. helium right now and a young quarterback that the Denver Broncos are hoping will be in that conversation when you're talking about the best young quarterbacks in the game this time next year, you have Denver at 19. Yeah, and last year they were pretty distinctive, pretty good on defense. You know, real good on defense, really. They played a really tough slate of offenses. 
bad on offense, but things got a lot better with Locke. And I wish his supporting cast for right now, it might really pay off down the road. I wish his supporting cast, albeit super talented, is just so young. You know, like I, I bet there's more growing pains with this offense than people are imagining. And people might be putting the cart before the horse a little bit with the Denver offense. We spoke about Odell Beckham, the Cleveland Browns coming in at number 18. And one of the things I'm realizing right now, Matt, looking at the middle of this, these rankings is is how tough this must have been to to rank Very. these teams. And also, there's more playoff teams now. And so we're talking about playoff teams that are just outside. Uh, we, we've we got 14 playoff teams now in the NFL. So we're actually not that far out from ranking someone at 17, 18. That's only a couple teams out of the playoffs. That's one NFL win away from being a playoff team. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely think Cleveland, Denver, Houston could all be um, one of the seven in the AFC, especially with the AFC. I think the AFC is a little more attainable to get to the postseason. And if you asked me two days ago, hey, what off the top of your head, where do you think the Browns would end up on your power ranks? I'd probably be like, eh, 14-ish. I think they're probably averaged a slightly above. But as I always say, Go do power ranks if you never have. They're really hard, yeah. and the middle's the hardest. And they ended up 18. I, I, I'm pretty confident that I'm putting, you know, putting them above the Broncos. I think that their offseason went really well. But there's still a lot of questions, and they're not very proven. New coach. The next one's really going to make some people mad. The Green Bay Packers, who were in the NFC Championship game last year, you have them all the way down at 17. I know. I hate saying these things, but they were the worst 13-3 and team I've ever seen. I said that as the season went on. Rodgers, I think, has not played great. Uh, They did very little to help him. Um, I think it's a good team. I just, you know, it's, again, power ranks are hard. Uh, I'd like a lot of these teams in this neighborhood right about the same and you, most people wouldn't be like, what do you mean the Packers are 17? They should be eight if you don't like them. They should be five if you do like them. I don't have a lot of faith in the offense. Uh, similarly, in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings, who got throttled in the playoffs, you have them one spot ahead at 16. I, I feel like they took a little step back, that the offseason wasn't nice to them. I agree with you. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. tough one. That's a tough one for the Vikings, and it's going to be hard for them to repeat their success from last year, which which kind of helps a team like Green Bay. So uh, the, the reason, and it's hard because there could be a team that wins a division in the NFL that you necessarily don't think is you know a top 10 team in the league either. So that, that might be one of the things that happens with Green Bay because I, I like the path for Green Bay to make the playoffs because I think they are as good or better than they were last year, and I don't believe... Anybody else is well-positioned more so than last year to knock them off of the top of the NFC North. Yeah, I'm not impressed with the division as a whole, and I don't know. I don't want to pick any of them. I'm not going to pick a, a second wild-card team out of the North in the NFC. But it, you know, out on a limb prediction, I wonder what the Vegas odds are, what the Lions' odds are to win that division, because I, I don't have to squint too hard to see them put some things together, get the nine or 10 wins, and they could be that worst to first division. Speaking of expanded playoffs, a team that would have been in the playoffs last year under the new format, Los Angeles Rams, you have them at 15. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone looks at them like, boy, they're garbage. The rest of the West is going to go right past them. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we had a really good chat about the Rams with the Locked on Rams host. I still have a lot of optimism. I mean, I don't love Goff, but... 
I think they're a pretty good team. And part of me thinks that offense might rebound to be one of the best in the league again. And then they got Aaron Donald. Where'd Aaron, Aaron, where would Aaron Donald be picked? In that you know that draft we were talking about, yeah, he'd probably be the first non-quarterback. Absolutely, yeah, he'd be the first defensive player for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. The the Chargers, I think, is a team you like a little bit more than me. I would probably slide yeah. the Chargers down from where you have them here at fourteen behind Houston. Maybe shuffle some things here, but again, we're splitting hairs with the middle of these power rankings. What's your argument for the Chargers in front of the team that they share Los Angeles with, and some of the other teams like uh, the the Vikings and Green Bay and Cleveland and, and some of those teams that. Um, that will be vying for playoff spots potentially in 2020. They're the, the opposite end of the spectrum in that if you reverse their one score games, they would have been 12 and four last year. But part of me also thinks, well, I don't exactly trust them to win one score games either. You know, there's a re maybe there's a yeah. reason that they, you know, couldn't pull them out. And so to speak, um, I think moving on from rivers helps them a lot in okay. that, I think Anthony Lynn wants to run the football, wants a very mobile quarterback, wants a Tyrod Taylor. I think they're going to incorporate a lot of Ravens, you know, looks and philosophies to the offense. And I think the Chargers defense is loaded with playmakers. I mean, no one talks about them as one of the top defenses in the league, but when it's all said and done, would I be shocked at all if they end up as the best defense in the league next year? No. You know, Bosa could have 18 sacks and Ingram could have 15 and Derwin James is defensive player of the year. I mean, yeah. guys. Derwin James coming back and pairing with a, another young safety in Nasir Adderley who uh, had yeah. some injury problems as well. That could be the one of the best young dynamic uh, safety groups in the NFL, and they have a really good front seven already, too. So, yeah. yeah the, throw the Chargers, Murray in the mix there in the middle of the field, too, the first-round pick. You yeah, know. Chargers defense yeah. is legit. The question I have is what you said about the quarterbacks. You're talking about a borderline Hall of Fame player in Phillip Rivers. The fact that you would improve moving away from him to Tyrod Taylor, that'll be the big question there in L.A. Yeah, and it's a lot of – Rivers put the ball in harm's way so much. You know, I, I think they just want to play a different style with a more mobile quarterback – more mobile offensive line, um, get the ball to Eckler and Henry and those guys. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying Tyrod Taylor's better than Rivers. And we're actually about to get to the Colts at 13. And I'm not sure Rivers is the Messiah for the Colts either. Yeah, that, again, the, the same question. It's interesting you have these two teams back-to-back. That didn't dawn on me right away. So uh, if, uh, if Philip Rivers is addition by subtraction for the Chargers, that doesn't bode well for the Colts either, right? Yeah, I just have doubts. I mean, of these old dudes, the Breeze, Ryan, Brady, Ben, all those type of guys, I think Rivers is probably last on my list of who I trust the most. Um, I do think protecting him and running the football and playing a big physical brand of football will be useful, and I, I don't see a lot of holes on that team. I also don't see a lot of playmakers. Okay, Matt, I'm, I'm looking at the clock here. I don't know if we're going to be able to get all the way through these power rankings. Okay. Do you want to leave maybe the top five for another episode? Yeah, we can get back to them on Friday or mix it into Twitter Thursday. Yeah, maybe or get, maybe whatever. a segment on got, Twitter Thursday or something like that. Yeah, we've got plenty of time this offseason, right? Jags tomorrow. You know, we teased that before. Oh, yeah, we got to get gotta... to Tony Wiggins and the Jags tomorrow. So maybe we'll tease the, the top five for Thursday and we'll finish up with 12 through 6 today okay i just want to make sure we have time here to get through all these teams and, and the buffalo bills at 12 are an interesting one did you move them down does cam have an impact on the teams in the division did they bump down one spot 
because obviously we haven't talked about the New England Patriots yet, so they're in your top 12 at least. Buffalo Bills are a team that I thought, okay, here you go. AFC East is yours. Playoff team, run to the Super Bowl maybe even, depending on the development of Josh Allen. You have them at 12, which is um, not necessarily someone that you're going to pick as a favorite to win the Super Bowl, and now you have a team like the New England Patriots who are actually ahead of them in the division suddenly. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned this earlier because I'm not sure you and I have done power ranks on the podcast all that often. I know we have a lot of new listeners, which is awesome. I don't, these aren't predictions. You know, like even last year when the Packers were 13 and three, I probably had them like 12th in my power ranks in week 16, 17, just because I look at my power ranks or how good do I think these teams are right this minute? So something like Newton going to New England. I wouldn't change my opinion of where to put the bills relative to the people around them. It's not predictions. These aren't gotcha. who I think is going to win the division. It's just, you know, I always use the example of if the bills and the Colts who's right behind them played 111 games in Wichita, Kansas, who comes out on top? And I think Buffalo's that team. So, um, but I probably, I think the Patriots have the best quarterback in the division right this minute. That doesn't mean that Tua or Darnold or Allen couldn't become that guy. And I have a lot of questions about Allen. I mean, I know he's easy to root for. I, I think he has extreme strengths, but his weaknesses distributing the football and accuracy wise really worry me. Yeah. There's some things that you wonder, okay, it- even with development, can this be fixed? And just physical accuracy is that number one yeah. thing that I'm interested to see with Josh Allen uh, in Buffalo here in 2020. On the other end of the spectrum, we've got Russell Wilson, who is leading the Seahawks into your number 11 spot in these power rankings. And I get a lot of heat from Seahawks people, and I deserve every bit of it because I always think the end is near, and that's kind of a Patriot thing too, like, boy, this has to be the year that an average roster and not so great defense catches up with Seattle. And I always, and I praise Pete Carroll and I think he's a wonderful culture builder and knows how to win in this league, but it makes me crazy that they're so run heavy with what I think is tied for the best quarterback in the league. Like what would Russell Wilson do with the chiefs or the saints or, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the shackles are on this guy, which makes me bonkers. So there's a lot of things I don't like about the Seahawks, but it, it's kind of like the Texans argument, but much stronger. The thing I like the most, I adore, and that's Wilson. I mean, he's the great elixir, the great deodorant. He might be the best player in the world right now. A team that has a great defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that come in at number 10 in your power rankings here. We were talking about it earlier, and the quarterback play for a team like the Steelers last year, just if they if they even had league average quarterback play, it's clearly a playoff team. And if they had not even peak Ben Roethlisberger, but a pretty good version of late career Ben Roethlisberger, that's a team making all kinds of noise in the AFC. Yeah, and you know we talked about New England lost a lot from their front seven on defense. Your your uh, Niners, I think you've even said defense looks like it might take a small step backward. I think the Steelers are the best defense in the league right now. And that's not me being a homer. And to your point about just league average quarterback play, they were the seventh team in the AFC for two years in a row. Now they would have been in the playoffs the last two years under the same rule, the norm, the new rules. But I said things last year, like Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, those guys are toast. They're done. But the Steelers win 10 games with one of those guys. I mean, just having a yeah. professional quarterback, 
knowing to where when to throw the ball away, how to change protections. You know, again, I see a corner blitz coming. I'm going to throw hot. I mean, even bad quarterback play, but at least knowing what they're doing, especially when Duck was out there, this team wins 10 games. So they were, to me, the starkest contrast of awesome defense, horrendous offense last year. And I got to think it's going to be a league average offense, don't you think? Yes, uh, there, there's too much talent on that offense for it to yeah. be as bad as it was last year. Yeah, with, with Ben, with 16 games of Ben Roethlisberger, at worst, it's a league average offense. And I think Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, have that. They play up. They they will play up versus what we saw last year, which is why both of those players are, are guys I'm buying in my fantasy football leagues. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Here's an interesting one. Tom Brady's old team now suddenly has jumped ahead of his new team. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number nine. I, I don't want to. Well, there's four teams here, Steelers, Tampa, and the next two we're going to mention that I thought were all identical. And uh, so I really don't want to, you know, avoid the subject in that, uh, boy, this one's, you know, Brady's new team is noticeably worse than his old team. I really had a hard time with those four teams that we're going to discuss right now. I think Tampa's really good. I think Brady, this is another case of, I think Jameis Winston's a pretty good quarterback. But just the fact that even if it's not Tom Brady, I don't care who it is. I said this before they even signed Tom Brady. If you have a quarterback that only throws 15 picks this year, you're pretty good. You know, and they start, you know what I mean? Like, right. just get back the middle of the road in turnovers. That team's going to win a lot more games. You can't overstate how different the offense in Tampa is going to look going from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady, which is just the opposite ends of quarterbacking spectrum. One guy's YOLO all day, chucking the ball to whoever catches it, might be the other team, and quite often it is, to Tom Brady. And the best, uh, I think the best statement about how to explain Tom Brady and how he wins at quarterback is death by 10,000 paper cuts. And so I think that's what you're going to see in Tampa Bay now is just take what they give you every time. March, 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 March. And it's going to look so different than the Jameis Winston Buccaneers. So uh, that's going to be a fun one to see how that all comes together. Number eight is the Tennessee Titans. I'm really high on the Titans. And I've been a Tannehill believer for a while. I think that coaching staff really is an up-and-coming one. And I hope they stick with them for a decade now. And I think they can be a high-quality team. Like, I'm not buying Derrick Henry in fantasy, and I wouldn't invest in him long-term, but he's still good. <laughs> and I think A.J. Yeah. Brown's a star, and John U. Smith's one of my breakout guys. And I think the defense has some playmakers. I'm pretty confidently going to take the Titans to win the South. All right, here we are. Number seven in Matt Williamson's 2020 power rankings, the New England Patriots, just by signing Cam Newton. Explain how they go from 21 to seven for you here. Yeah, and again... New England, Tennessee, Tampa, Pittsburgh were all exactly the same. So I might have put, I might be a little guilty of putting New England at the top of that list just to ruffle some feathers so they could jump up just a little bit more as opposed to putting them at 10 because I do think those four teams are basically equal. But again, we talked about this early in the, in the podcast. Newton is a very good quarterback and I'm going to, I'm going to treat him as if he is a, ninth to 12th best quarterback in the league and with tight games great defense great special teams a guy like Newton is going to pull out 
uh, way more games than Stidham or Hoyer. And when in doubt, give Belichick the, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I mean, this is basically what it came down to. That's why they're seven and not ten. It's because they're the Patriots and they've earned it. I know that's kind of a shortcut to analysis, but that team's no, earned it. No, it's it's completely understandable. And at this point, Belichick have, absolutely has earned that. We've we've seen what the the Patriots could do with Matt Castle, but and yeah. So here's the other thing: is with the Patriots, I I was I was like, man, okay, they they have the worst quarterback situation in the league. It looks like unless Stidham became you know the next Tom Brady. Sure. Were they going to be a team that? was picking number one overall in the NFL draft, or were they still going to win eight games even with that? And I was struggling with that, and, and I would always lean to, yeah, they're, they're going to be a 500 team, like, watch, at worst, and they're going to be, right. and it's going to be ugly getting there, but they're still going to get there, and that's what they're going to do under Bill Belichick. And then you put a competent and potential great quarterback in there, uh, and the Patriots are the Patriots, and they're going to win a whole bunch of games, and they'll they'll utilize their talent the best way they can. And so uh, Cam will absolutely be highlighted there and all of his strengths, and that's probably why that's the place that makes the most sense for both Cam and obviously the team that needed the quarterback the most was the New England Patriots coming into this. Um, I, I love it, and maybe we should wrap the, the power ranks up here because yeah. these next two are kind of their own tier as well. I was going to say, if but there's a tier to... break, then yeah, if there's a yeah. tier break, and it sounds like you said that there was a tier break here in the top six, so yeah, let's leave the top six for another episode, but did you want to finish up a thought on the Patriots? Yeah, a, a quick one in that you mentioned Odell to the Patriots rumor, which is kind of funny. Um, would they consider bringing AB back? Could they be a team that trades for AJ Green in week three? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there might be another shoe to drop up there in terms of finding some kind of weapon that's cam friendly, because I don't really think Edelman is. And here's the question I wanted to ask you, and, and which makes me even feel stronger about New England now. What do you think their record will be in the AFC East? Just against AFC East teams? Yep, those six games. Well, um, Brian Flores has his number. The, the Dolphins seem to beat yeah. the Patriots, so uh, they're gonna they're gonna split that series. I, I think they might split the Buffalo home and home. Um, I like them beating the Jets twice. So, yeah, four and two, four and two. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was thinking too. And then I would put their over under win total in the division at four and a half. You know, like. Do you think Belichick's worried about the Jets? I mean, yes, Miami <laughs> beats them from time to time, usually in Miami, but I, I, Belichick knows those guys, and I, I don't know. I mean, I bet they end up 5-1 and one in the division, and then it's not that hard to end up in the postseason with those next 10 games. You can split them, and you're 10-6. and six. You did mention the the weaknesses of wide receiver, and we can talk a lot more about the Patriots on Friday with Michael DeBate as the host of Locked On Patriots. But sure. that was also a weak unit, which added to how bad their passing game is going to be with really bad quarterback play because they don't have one of the they have one of the worst wide receiving groups in it's the bad. NFL too, with an aging, uh, just not a lot of juice, not a lot of speed. Even their young wide receiver Nikhil Harry, like you know, speed is not his best asset either. So um, you know, adding some they dynamic. Need a yeah, they need a separator, so I could see them absolutely being that team that adds a, a wide receiver. So we'll we'll put that question to Michael Debate on Friday's episode. Tomorrow we're talking Jacksonville Jaguars with Tony Wiggins. We've got a Twitter Thursday, and on Thursday we will finish up the top six of your power rankings as well. Some uh, folks out there that are paying attention might know what teams there are in your top six. We'll find out what order that is later in the week right here, Locked on NFL.